Come Holy Spirit and kindle in us the fire of your love. Open the eyes of our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated. <laughs> kind of the season where it's like every Sunday seems to have multiple kind of festivities going on. It's a wonderful thing for me. I like to party. So, um, happy Trinity Sunday. I know that's a big one for all of you. So I hope your Trinity Sunday festivities are going well. Um, happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy Father's Day to all who are blessed to have their own children or adopted children or have been given the blessing of being a father figure to children. And that includes women too, right? Because women can be father figures as well. So pretty much as a universal holiday today to all the gathered then, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Got a little beard action going on now. Tribute to my dad. In his younger, more glorious years, he thought that he looked like Kenny Rogers. There's a slide from a distance. If you squint, you might see it a little bit. But time has had its say, and he looks a little bit more like Foster Brooks now. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Foster Brooks. And like Foster Brooks, he's got a great sense of humor. All dads do. They do. Don't we love dad humor? <coughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you that, you know, I'm not a real fan of a beard, but this one's really growing on me. <laughs> yeah, dad humor. I love puns. I love puns, and I think dads in particular love puns. Love them so much, there was this international pun competition. And I really wanted to be one of the finals. They're going to pick. Ten finalists at this worldwide, worldwide competition, and I wanted to up my chances of making the finals. So I submitted ten puns, hoping that one of them would get selected. Unfortunately, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, dad. Father's Day. Yeah. Are you feeling it yet? Yeah, you will. You will. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, when our first daughter was born, what that was like. Susan did all the work. I did all the ooh and on. Ah what's that? <laughs> yeah, but I remember, you know, when, when, when uh, it used to be, um, although I was, I was there when, when uh, both of our daughters were born, it used to be, right, that um, they would have the, the, um, the mom with you know, whoever the doctors and others were, you know, in the delivery room. And where was dad? Waiting. waiting room, right? Remember, it used to be that way, right, in the waiting room. And so I was, I was sitting with, uh, I was sitting with these guys. Not really, but yes, I was. I was sitting with these guys, and they were waiting, right? It's the old school thing. They're in the waiting room, and they're waiting for their their kids to be born, and, and um, you know, kind of talking about things. And and uh, one of the one of the delivery room nurses came in and and looked at one of the guys and goes, "Congratulations." Surprise! You're a father of twins! You got two! And he goes, Well, how strange is that? I happen to be a baseball player and I play for the Minnesota Twins! Fantastic, right? What a coincidence! 
little while later, the, the delivery room nurse comes in and, and kind of looks at when the second guy goes, he just won't believe this. I know you weren't expecting this, but your wife just gave birth to triplets. And he goes, well, isn't that interesting? I work for 3M. <laughs> and at that time, the third guy in there fainted. <laughs> and the nurse looked at me and said, what's with that? And I said, oh, he works for 7-Up. <laughs> There's, there is a family, it was, it was the first family to have seven children where all seven survived. Can you imagine that? They had done fertility treatments and then rather do that kind of selection that you might do to kind of, you know, make sure you're not having 12 kids or something. They, they kept all seven. All seven. And, and the woman bore all seven. Cesarean section. Seven kids. Wow! You know? So it's a baseball team. Yeah, pretty good, right? That's going to be an awful lot of diapers. Oh, onesies. You know, just kind of think of what that would be. You got seven of them. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a miraculous kind of thing, and, and the community and the state chipped in, and, and they um, somebody gave them the use of a 5,000 square foot house to raise their family in. <laughs> Almost an incentive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite enough. Okay? But truckloads of diapers and all this stuff and nanny services and housekeeping and, and, and the state, it was, it was in, this is in Iowa, the state gave their kids free college education because you've already spent enough perhaps on raising all of them that, you know, so the state gave them this wonderful gift. And, and I go, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing where wouldn't it be fortunate if you're that family that you would have the great fortune of winning the lottery? You ever do that? You ever play the lottery? You ever think about playing the lottery? No, some of us don't. But some of us might do this thing of going, what would we do if we won? You ever do that? Might be a long distance trip, you gotta pass the time somehow, you start pondering. Especially when you hear like the, you know, the Mega Millions Powerball is now up to half a billion dollars. Suddenly it becomes interesting you want to play when it's that much because 50 million didn't need that. Especially if the government's gonna get capital that you only have 25 million left, that's not worth going to the store for. But I, I, I do that myself. I, I go, okay, you know, what could you do? With that kind of windfall. Establish a trust fund for your family. Endow your faith community. Build a school for poor children. A shelter for the homeless with the best services anywhere. Pay for people who are wanting to become physicians but they can't possibly afford med school. But you know, if you do that, they'll go and they'll serve the poor. Think of all the good, right? That's not what you kind of think of. There might be things like, well, I'd like a new car, a bigger boat than my neighbor. But pretty soon you start thinking about all the good that you could do. All the good you could do. If you somehow were the prize winner. If you got the golden ticket and you have this and you think about all the troubles you have, 
that you might be able to address. Think about all the concerns you would no longer have. Those medical bills, when they come in, you don't kind of just go, ugh, more of that. I guess we're not eating this month. Because they're outrageous now. And they will break your bank in short, in very short time. If you don't have that problem, God's blessings remain with you. But for a lot of people, it's things like education, health, family concerns, that will on this. And if, 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 if we would be so fortunate to win this jackpot, think of the freedom you would have. The freedom not only to no longer worry about your own future, but the freedom to bless so many people. To bless so many people. It wouldn't matter anymore what somebody thinks of me. I don't care if you think I'm good looking or not. I can do a lot of good in the world. Suddenly I'm free from that. To just be generous and loving and compassionate and supportive. Is that what you think of, maybe? All the good you could do with winning the lottery. Does that resonate? You're still thinking about winning the money, right? <laughs> well, 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 think of this. Um, last week we heard Paul. Paul was talking to this community in Rome. And, and last week we heard him talk to them about their adoption. They were adopted. You are adopted children of God. Adopted. You are co-heirs with Christ. The treasury of heaven is yours. The treasury of heaven is yours. It's as if Jesus came from Publisher's Clearinghouse <laughs> and knocked on your door and said, Price Patrol! And you are the grand prize winner. Oh, what did I win? <coughs> you won eternal life. Gone. You got a check? <laughs> you got a check? You won the treasury <coughs> that is in heaven. See, because you know that, that money that you might win in the lottery? You know, you, you've probably heard the stories of people who won hundreds of millions of dollars and then within five or six or seven years... Everybody's a drug addict now, and families have been torn apart, and the money's all gone. The thing is, in, in God's treasury, the thing that we've inherited, that never runs out. It's the treasure of heaven. See, Paul again is telling us today that this is your inheritance. This is your inheritance. You are co-heirs with Jesus of the treasure of heaven that never expires. Your future is secure. <clears throat> and so in hardship, when life is not good, when we are struggling, we have that reminder that we are the richest you can possibly be in God's love, in a secure future. To help you endure that hardship, and not only for you, but also for you in those hard moments. To remain faithful, 
to remain generous, to remain kind, compassionate to yourself and to others, to endure. And in that enduring, to develop good Christian character. In the same way that we might think, you know, if I want all this money, it'd be easy for me to be compassionate and generous and kind and merciful because I got endless resources now to bless everyone. Well, you know what? God's giving me something even better than that. You are all prize winners. And Paul tells us this is not your own doing. Yeah, you were redeemed by faith, but you know it's not even your faithfulness. Because he's talking about the faith of Christ. He's talking about Jesus' faithfulness that makes you a prize winner. You don't even have to buy a ticket because he's done it for you. And the prize that is his from his Father is given to you as well. That you might be merciful and compassionate and kind and loving and generous and endure hardships and help others endure their hardships and to show the character of God and the true nature of Christ, to show that Christ-likeness to the world. Knowing that all your needs have been met, you are secure beyond anything you possibly know. And this is the truth of God's gospel. I think there's a problem, though. We don't, we don't see that and we don't live that. As much as Paul is trying to tell them, he told them last week, he tells us again this week, of who we are and what God has done for us. Instead, it's kind of like that story of, of the eagle in the barnyard. This farmer found an eagle's egg. It had apparently fallen out of a nest, I guess, and he found this eagle's egg, and he's going, well, i got to do something with this. It's, you know... What do I do? And, and I know what I'll do. I have chickens. And you know, this, this, this egg needs to stay warm. And so I'll take it and I'll put it with my chickens. Because those good laying hands, though, one of them, I know one of them will sit on it and will take care of this, this eagle's egg. So he stuck it in the chicken coop, and sure enough, one of his faithful hands laid on this thing and, and kept it warm, and it eventually hatched. You know what you get, right? It's a little baby eagle. Baby Eagle looks around and sees all these chickens. And watches the chickens walking around, none of them flying, just kind of walking around, head down, pecking at the ground, looking for worms and grubs and other kinds of things on the ground. And there's the eagle right along, walking like a chicken, talking like a chicken, thinking like a chicken. Pecking at the ground. Because the eagle thinks it's chicken. Okay. Well, one day an old eagle is flying by and kind of takes a look over the farm and, and notices something strange down there in the chicken yard. What in the world is that eagle doing amongst those chickens? So the older eagle flies and lands down there and approaches the, the young eagle and the young eagle is kind of like afraid. The old eagle's like, what are you doing here? He goes, well, I'm a chicken. <laughs> You're a chicken? He goes, yeah, I'm a chicken. I was born here, raised here. These are my brothers and sisters. Really? Well, what do you do? Well, I do what a chicken does. I walk around, I pick the ground. <laughs> You're not a chicken. Well, yes, I am. I've been a chicken my whole life. He goes, no, look at me. Look at you. You're one of my, 
you're, you're one of what I am. You're, you're an eagle. You're supposed to be free. Above all this. Free. Flying. Soaring. Free. But here you are. Trapped behind this fence. Because you don't know who you are. Well, he didn't convince him. The old eagle flies off and the younger eagle goes back into the chicken coop and goes, it was so scary. There was an eagle out there and he tried to tell me to leave. And the other chicken's dead. Oh, don't do that. Farmer keeps us in here to keep us safe. It's dangerous out there. He goes, yeah, you're right. So that young eagle remained chicken. Well, old eagle came back one day. Didn't give up on. Came back again. So you're still here. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a chicken. Still doing a chicken thing. Well, here, do this. Do this. You've been gifted. You've been given something special that the other chickens don't have. You got something special. Here. Do this, do this. Spread, spread, spread those wings. Where these come from? I don't know. And I'll start to do this. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah, now give it a try. And with that, he took off. Took off. And realized that there's something he'd been missing. And he was evil and meant to be free. In the same way, God has adopted us to take us out of those places where we are captive, to be free, to be free, knowing that our past, our present, and our future are all secure because of the gift of God through His Son. Happy Father's Day. May you be free. Amen. Amen.